recording time meow okay recording as well all right so, so okay everything wrong with so your army gets a over part two for <laughs> i was gonna say you know since it was so much fun doing it one time let's let's do it again since apparently my computer couldn't take it well you already know that i will get oh. defeated over this as i would just quite literally had a rant for 20 fucking minutes so on your own on my own alone i carried afraid. this whole fucking conversation i carried this fucking company by the way guys we are proudly uncensored for this episode yeah you're welcome i am so sorry if you would listen to this with your kids this is definitely one that you shouldn't don't listen with your I kids will. around or anybody with has a, a very thin skin i will put that in the title and in the caption and everything else to give you fair warning mm-hmm. but we may say things like shit or fuck or ass um Cocksuckers. things of that nature yeah. which are normally normally not nice things to say will be said today because we're talking about the army and the army is where i learned how to swear properly so really because i was way ahead. here we fucking go <laughs> i thought i was good and i i didn't know what i was doing at all so yeah i learned quickly Any hoozle. The army, that fucking dumpster fire. Yeah. Um, so, guys, to rein us in a little bit for this rantisode, we are going to be focusing on specifically the army. What we know of the army, we are, I mean, were infantrymen for a few years, and then we got out. So, take that for what it's worth. But we are focusing on this conversation on what we think needs to change in the army to quote unquote fix the army in the sense of what we believe the army should be for, which is to fight and win wars. The army is consisting, you know, consists of war fighters. So for those who fight and for those who support those who fight, what needs to change in order to make the army effective once more or you know more modestly better effective where do you want to start <laughs> but i was gonna say you had a really great uh, a really great flow last time when we started just with training with basic training so okay so let's just start from basic training and then we'll get into the big macro stuff as we talk but basic training go is it raining huh so it is hope it doesn't come through the recording uh either way i'm recording from my garage now this is my new office uh so basic training basic training what's wrong with basic training where the fuck do you want me to start i think we should i think drill sergeant should be able to hit people again i feel like we lost a lot there the best thing I ever saw and actually scared me as a <laughs> late 20 year old, uh, 20s year old, was seeing a fucking recruit run into a drill sergeant. The drill sergeant grabbed him, picked him up off the ground, and pushed him into a column and held him there. Nice. A foot off the ground. And he yelled something along the lines of, 
what the fuck do you think you're doing? And this was probably the one drill sergeant you didn't want to piss off because this dude, I swear to God, had snapped years ago and he had nothing better <laughs> to lose or nothing <laughs> more to lose, really. That was our that was our senior drill sergeant, man. Oh. We um when we first showed up to company, you know, they did the whole, you know, hey, how you doing? Whatever, you know, at the company level. And then our, you know, our senior drill sergeant you know, marches upstairs and everything. He got us into the bay, got everybody, you know, toe the line, all that good stuff. And they said, I don't remember what he calls, but he's like, all right, guys, here's the deal. As you can tell, we are the farthest platoon from the command talk. They cannot hear you here. <laughs> and if you complain about anything, who are they going to believe? You who spent a day in the army or me who's given over 20 years of his life to the army. And then he proceeded to smoke us until the windows, the walls, everything sweat. And we had a dude pass out and we had to go get the, uh, the heat cat <laughs> ice chest from downstairs. Oh my God. <laughs> and then he said, he said, welcome, welcome to Fox company. <laughs> and then he walked out. Wow. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> This isn't going to be good. <laughs> and then it wasn't. No, that guy, he didn't care. He he smoked the shit out of us like all freaking day. Like there was one day where someone got caught stealing food. Idiot. And um, he like came in at around supper time. He's like, oh, man, eat up third. You're going to like this. Oh, no. And he just, oh, man, he... He would like go through the go through the chow hall, make guys get more food, like get milk or extra extra portions or anything. And then he brought us out and he smoked us all night. <laughs> like, well, I remember being smoked and it just like went from dusk to dark. I remember people like peeking out the bay windows that are you know, like towards the ceiling, mm -hmm. like yeah, peeking up, looking down. I was like, they're still out there. Yeah, man. <laughs> oh man, yeah, horrible. That's rough. So anyway, so yeah, I, I agree. Like, I think in a way it's good that they can't lay hands on recruits, but at the same time, I think that that's why, that's why a lot of people coming in the army are actually pretty soft and think they can get away with a lot of things because they can't get really smoked any longer. They can't just get put into sick call basically from being smoked anymore like they just can't you know like there's there's legal ramifications for the drill sergeants it, it's in the company the commander all in general it's yeah bring back smoking dear god just bring it back i was very disappointed you know, i was gonna say <sighs> i i got smoked pretty you know pretty well but at the end of the basic after you're done it's just like when you get to your you know to big army like where you, you're gonna smoke me like i've done this before right like that's what i did for the last like three months man it's not that bad like i i'll go to sleep at the end of the night it's whatever you know and like i've never found someone more creative than me with smoking it's like i don't care dude like i just i'll get tired it'll hurt a little bit 
and then I still didn't learn anything. I think basic day one should be combatives all day. That'd be hell of a smoke session. I think they should do the same, you know, the, the, what, what do they call it? Shark, uh, shark attack. Yeah. I think they should do the same shark attack in the beginning and they should run your ass over to, you know, have, you know, your, your, your PT pit or whatever, mm-hmm. or wherever they want to do combatives, you know, throw on your helmet, throw on some freaking, you know, get, do some sticks and get, you know, get after it, go into instruction. Cause you can't do anything right. First day anyways. So it doesn't matter. Right. But you're still getting the crap, you know, kicked out of you by, you know, your fellow recruits, right? With dudes yelling at you, and then the instructor could come in and kick your ass or whatever. Still a safe spot, but it's a little bit more of a trial by fire first day than, oh, I was scared and somebody yelled at me and maybe do push-ups, you know? So administratively, because I, yeah, so I, I agree. It's at some point combatives needs to be a thing in the army. It just, it just, it needs to be a thing in basic training, but I see the point of Philly needs to be the forefront. Yeah. It's it, it, our shark attack was so anticlimactic because it was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're yelling at you go find your bags. Okay. You can't find it. Run up this hill. Um, okay. You're, you're going to third platoon. So you're going to this room, go run, 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 run. Yay, you're here. Mm-hmm. Get an alphabetic order. Cool. Now we're going to do paperwork. And we spent the rest yeah. of the day doing paperwork. I was so disappointed. I expected to get smoked. Did not get smoked. Did not get smoked day two. Did not get smoked day three. I was so, so much administrative stuff. Disappointed. And I was looking around too when we were in our bay and I saw the look of fear on so many of these kids' faces. And I turned to the kid next to me. It's like, dude, this is all just a joke. Just this is a game. Just keep your head about you. Their job's to break you down and rebuild you as a soldier. Keep your wits about you. You do not need to lose your shit at any point. Like they are not here to yeah. kill you. They are here to craft you. There's mm-hmm. no reason to be scared. Period. If you're scared here, you are going to be worthless once you get to the big army. Well, because there's nothing to be scared about. Correct. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like foundationally for a lot of these kids, bases should be the hardest thing they've done. Yes. For the vast majority. I mean, yeah, you're going to have those freaking dudes that grew up on a farm. They're like, yeah, I've been yelled at before. Dude, it was whatever. It was easily (laughs) one of the easiest things I've ever done. Exactly, and you're not gonna, you're not gonna do that to a farm to a farm boy like whatever you know, he don't, he don't care. But you gonna do make me lift heavy for, shit? I did that for a living for sixteen freaking years. Right, like come on, man. Right, but it's like for the for the city dudes or the like rural dudes who didn't actually do anything. It's like it should be the scariest, hardest thing you've done. You know, so that you're on a basic level of suffering with everybody else. Right, like that's that's that should be the the norm, but uh. I guess we should talk macro a little bit before we go back into basic, but army needs to focus on war fighting, right? Fighting and winning wars. Okay. Land, sea and air. So I think, and what we talked about in the prior episode that got canned because of my freaking computer, that 
if you are not combat arms or directly supporting combat arms like medical staff or I'd even go to like um, I'd even do like drivers. So that's that's a different rant in and of itself. And I, let's just go ahead and hit that now. There is if I don't think that you're so that's what I'm saying. If you're if you're not combat arms or directly like directly supporting combat arms, you don't you don't deserve a spot in the army. You you shouldn't be a job no, in the they army. Could, they could Your easily, job can be can be contracted exactly. out to somebody else. They could easily and it does that out to more often than not. Yes, exactly. I mean, hell. How often did you see military working dogs in the hands of actual people from the army while we were deployed? One time. Yep. One time. And that was that was a team dude. And it was this SF dude. Yeah. Exactly. Anywhere on the the FOB, it was all civilian contractors. All of them. There was not a Malinois to be seen. And I'm so disappointed in that. Dog handlers, diesel mechanics, cooks, fuelers, laundry, like fuelers. I mean, how many of these jobs can be done and have been done by people that have been contracted out? How many should be done by people that are contracted out? We talked about this offline a couple weeks ago. We were talking about, you know, maybe doing this episode. All right. Freaking legal. Yeah. That was a get legal the hell out of here. That was a touchy one. I, I get the idea that of US of UCMJ being its own monster. Yeah. Like how dudes specialize in UCMJ. I'd way rather get a dude that you know, a civilian that's actually passionate about doing freaking law than some army dude that's just like, Yeah, screw you anyways, man. And you know, and there's no weirdness with rank structure or, you know, if the guy's in your home unit or whatever, you know, it needs it needs to have that separation. And honestly, you could even throw in um MPs. Get rid of them. Just use cops. What's the point? They're just assholes anyway. So like Like, I mean, just bring in the asshole cops that you see driving around in say Colleen. And it causes undue it causes undue like relational like shifts you know what i mean yeah because like what do you think when when you're in the army what do you think of an mp a freaking rat snitch yep like screw that guy yep you know yep <laughs> like i'm not gonna trust you anywhere near me you're not going in country i don't care like go away see they, like you're useless they used to they used to actually go in in country they used to deploy like we used them in afghanistan or not afghanistan um in iraq a lot and do what they were security. They were security. They were. That's they wild were literally to me. cops. That's wild to me. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would much rather get detailed out to that, or have or have uh, private security do that. Dude, yes, I would much rather. Yes, if it was absolutely, if it was absolutely needed. Because how many times, like, dude, infantryman, hey, go pull security. Okay, that's like my one freaking. Th- that's the one thing I'm expected to do. Right. Like. Right. You know, if I don't know, if I don't know anything, if I don't know what I'm supposed to do at that specific moment, I'm pulling security. That's my base. We were trained to job. do that. So. And yet you're right. But, like, yeah, you know, that's what I'm saying. The fat. If you don't cut the like, think about how much money you would actually. Well, maybe you might actually that's save quite a bit of money. 
going to civilians no, over guaranteed you just want to kiss thing about you're not just paying a dude for a job you're paying for his health care you're paying for his wife you're paying for his kids you're paying for everything because the army does everything yeah but the also the army would then also have to pay the contractor or at least the company yeah so who knows what the what that company does for benefits it, it would definitely be something worth looking into to see if the amount saved would be worth it if there is an amount saved because god only knows some of these pmcs like or these contracting companies charge you a pretty penny but i bet if but, you look at it the long run thing, is, between the, the health care the training the housing the, f- the food as god awful as it is but yeah. the food like now and think about this though all right so you're paying them for a job mm-hmm. you're not paying them to exist you're not wrong is all these professions you're paying them to exist the 99% of the time they're not doing their jobs talking about you know deploying right so if you're only paying a contractor for when they're doing their job when you're deployed you're not paying him for the other you know half a year or whatever that he's not doing anything it's not your problem looking at us one sitting there in your freaking office behind a locked door not doing shit we know when you have one hour of open door office hours you aren't doing shit the rest of the time we know because we go in there wanting to get things fixed and then you start scrambling around because you haven't done it but what does this one do what is this one's job they're just clerks that's all they are they're they're admin clerks they Make sure that records so, are so correct. So you're telling me that we can't. So you're telling me we can't find a freaking admin clerk company <laughs> to contract out and knock out a company or a battalion's freaking yeah, like office admin stuff. Good. Like, dude, give me a break, man. Uh, dentists. What? What? I, I will say this. Water purification specialist. I will say this. Like, some of the nicest freaking officers I've ever met have been. Dentists. Oh, 10 out of 10. Yeah, for sure. But you, you're right. You could still contract that so, out. You could still get a civilian dentist to do this stuff. Yeah. But the, and send them off posts, whatever. You're even freeing up freaking, you know, real estate on, on base. Right. But, um, but what I'm saying is, okay. And we may have to talk even more micro or more macro, but like the job for the army, right, is to fight and win wars. I think that we should be more isolationist, right? Yeah. Call everybody in, focus on home, defend home, right? But when you're deployed, that's when you're actually fighting and winning wars. Everything else you're training or, you know, worst case scenario, you're defending, right? Mm. So when you're not training or defending or actively going out to fight, if your job doesn't do anything during those, you know, during the defending or the attacking purview why are we paying you why are you a job supply oh oh supply supply okay wonderful so yes supply does do things i i also got things before i deployed it and as i was deployed okay could somebody like could a freaking civilian do that just as well as some army guy um yes yes they could and they do (laughs) like like I don't, I honestly, it baffles me how many jobs we have in the army. It baffles me. It makes no sense to me. 
It makes absolutely no sense. Cut all the fat off, man. Like, I don't, I honestly don't care about you managing a warehouse. I don't care about you managing my paperwork. I don't care about you being a lawyer or dentist or a cook. I mean, I like a water purification specialist, a freaking fireman. I don't care. That can be somebody else's job. You don't have to wear a freaking army uniform for that. You don't. And honestly, the whole reason we do this is just so it's, it's the idea of trimming the fat, so to speak. It's because there's so much extra bullshit in the army that prevents us from being more lethal, from being good at our jobs. And this is just part of it. We are so focused on all these extra support roles that we're kind of forgetting about the fact that the whole reason for the army to exist is to kill people efficiently efficiently and we can't do that efficiently if we're not being able to focus on our job and we're not being combat centric so with that in mind let's take a look at some of the reasons. Back to basic training what oh sorry i thought you were going back to basic training. let's go back to basic training actually because you brought up something very very important actually in the last recording how many of these dudes going in know how to swim? Does anybody ask? I wasn't asked going in. No idea. Nobody cares. But what did you experience in Afghanistan while we were deployed that made you question that? <laughs> First time we got, got off a of Blackhawk, dude jumped off into a rice field and almost drowned. Say it again for the people in the back. <sighs> My thing is, land, sea, and air, right? We're not rangers, just general infantry chairman, right? But when you're not on land, where are you? You're either falling out of the sky or you're in water. Or you're in water. <laughs> like, the earth is mostly made out of water. When you're not fighting in a desert... Which you can freaking drown in, by the way, you know, with all those irrigation ditches and creeks and rivers and everything else that we, you know, mucked around in. We found about that. We, Hello, trench foot. Yeah, we found that out the hard way. Almost got that. Almost got trench foot. It was great. Um, like we, our generation is currently experiencing a ground war in Europe. Has not happened in a generation. Okay. Guys that are coming into the army right now don't know where the hell they're going. Command doesn't know where the hell they're going. Okay. It would take a day. It would take a day in basic training or MEPS, like you talked about last conversation, right? Last time I recorded this. MEPS or basic. One day in an Olympic sized swimming pool, everybody who doesn't have a good warm and fuzzy on how to swim would get a good warm and fuzzy on how to swim. And you know what? That is a simple two step process. Number one, it starts before you even get to MEPS, it starts in the recruiting station with one question. Do you know how to swim? Yes or no? And I get it. So many recruits lie about so many things or their recruiter has them lie for them. And if you're a recruiter and you say that you have never had a potential recruit lie to get in to pad your numbers, 
you're fucking lying. And I know you're lying because you all do it. Yeah. And once that recruit gets through MEPS, hell, at basic training, probably like day one. All right, guys, here's a pool. Swim to the other end of the back. Show me you can swim. It's that simple. If they can't, that's all it takes. Send them off for a swimming class. It takes a day. It takes a freaking day to learn how to swim. And if they can't swim, they can't put it. Because and literally that day for everybody else who can't swim could be a rest and refit day. It could be an admin day where you're doing paperwork that you can that, so you don't have to catch up on that later. Mm-hmm. It could be whatever. Combat. I don't care. But it would literally take a day, half a day. And you would have a good warm and fuzzy on how to swim, check the box, off you go. And then you're not worried about a D-Day situation where you have guys getting dropped off. And instead of being bumped off right on the beach, you're jumping you know, off into, I don't know, 10 feet of freaking water. Like, oh, crap. I wish I knew how to swim. And you're in full kit. Like, You're welcome for that reference the last time. Yeah. But I mean, you're right, though. Yeah. Like imagine a guy that's that's on those that's on one of those I don't, know, I don't remember what they're called, but on one of those vehicles, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I'll be fine. They're gonna drop me off on the beach. I might get my shoes wet a little bit. I'll be good." And then he freaking drowns. I think those were called Higgins like, boats. Yeah, I think yeah, I think those landing. But I mean, were Higgins we don't boats. know where we're gonna go. Yeah, like especially as infantrymen, right? So you're you know called to freaking get after it, right? Whether you're mounted or not. Imagine if you have a water crossing. You don't know how to swim. Hey, sorry, I don't know how to swim. It's too freaking late now, guy. Right. <laughs> like, you know, that's that you're gonna have to figure it out. No, I mean, hey, just these little things that piss me off, man. So swimming, like I never learned how to swim, but nobody talked about it. OK. No. Like, just weapons qual, weapons qual, weapons familiarization. Right. Pick three of our top near th- near tier threats. Give me their main freaking rifle. Let me know how to use it. Like this isn't something that has to wait until I get to my unit. And they're not even going to do it at this point. But we can talk about, you know, big army training later. But, you know, I'm supposed to be, you know, learning how to freaking fight and kill people. Why am I worried about paperwork? Why am I worried about finance? Why am I worried about sharper and EO trainings? I, I really like the idea you had about MEPS, just, just the swimming portion, right? You can extend MEPS to cover all of your all your admin stuff. Yeah. That wouldn't cost anything but time. Or, you know, here is give them give them a hotel voucher for a week. Seriously, give them a hotel voucher for a week. Yeah. Hey, everybody's meeting in the in the main conference room, third floor, you know, C Hall. Go there, you knock out all of your finance, all of your benefits, all of everything before you even get there. Dude. Because what would it take? What would it take for you to get all of your admin stuff nailed out before you get to basic? And then if you fail out, they freaking trash your paperwork. So here's the f- nothing. Here's the funny thing. You took a packet with you to basic, didn't you? Yep, sure did. What was in that packet? Everything. Everything that we filled out once we got to fucking basic. Finance, admin, everything that we just mentioned, we filled out before we even left MEPS. 
beneficiaries, everything is in there. Why are we filling it out again once we get to basic? We shouldn't be. You should be handing that paperwork off. S1 should be doing their fucking jobs, which historically we've proven they don't. Or they lose the paperwork. That's what I'm saying. So, so yeah, contractors are kind of hard to fire, right? Yeah. Kind of hard to fire. Salary dudes, federal dudes are notoriously hard to fire. Yeah. That's why places like S1 and freaking supply dudes can exist. Oh, my God. Is because it is it's so hard to fire them. But, you know, cut those guys out. Put in a civilian dude. Then you have some accountability. Mm-hmm. Then you have a, a, a boss who's like, hey, dude, you didn't fill out your freaking quota today. What's going on? Like, we need to get this company out and out and done by tomorrow. What are you doing? Like, you have some actual, you know, you have a fire lit under their ass instead of army. Who who, who, who cares? Right. You know, especially when you're, when you're a non-combat job where it's like, what are you going to do? Smoke me? Like, oh, you know, like, screw that, man. But MEPS, okay, so not even just paperwork, having your your paper actually transfer over, do all of your SHARP, all your EO, all of, you know, whatever classes you want to do to your heart's content, give them an extra four days at MEPS. Well, here's the thing. The problem and is... knock out everything. The problem is having spent sh- some garbage time in headquarters, I know how often we have to do, we have to do SHARP. EO, transgender, all this stupid bullshit, not even having to do anything with our job training quarterly. That means four times a year, we have to get trained to not rape someone, to not be racist to someone, and to respect those who decide to change their gender. Why? It's bad enough when we get to our unit that we are not training. We are not training to be efficient at our jobs. I would say, what would you think? Probably about 70% of the time, 80% of the time, we're not doing anything at all. Anything. We're not doing classes. Anything. We're, we're doing, ma- okay, okay. <clears throat> Here's another can of worms. Maintenance, motor pool, fucking Mondays. Motor pool Mondays. Why? Why in the hell do motor pool Mondays exist? As an infantryman attached to a cab unit, I should not be doing the job of a mechanic. Full stop. You're taking away time for me and my guys to be training to kill people, to be better at killing someone before they can kill me. We are, it is a waste of time. And half the time we do this stuff, the mechanics are just like, "Mm, sorry, we don't have the parts for that. We had so many strikers deadlined for months and months and months. Yeah. And half the time, we were going back and forth between the mechanics being like, hey, we don't know how to fix this. This is not a level 10, was it a level 10 job? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, level 10. So very, level very- Level 10 task? Yeah, level 10 task. Very, very basic mechanic stuff that even inf- infantrymen should know how to do, which, you know, I've worked on cars since I was 16, so I know how to do a thing or two with at least the basics. I have a basic understanding of how to do this stuff. Half the time we were doing this stuff, it's like, 
this is beyond what I'm trained to do. I'm not doing this. And the mechanics will look at us and go, well, sorry, that's a level 10 task. And I'm going, <laughs> no, it's not. Where the hell is your fucking team leader? Uh, also, it could be fixed by having a contractor. Correct. Freaking get rid of mechanics. Because when we were downrange, <laughs> guess what? Civilians. We had, we had mechanics. Armorers. We had we – had, we had – I was going to just say we had mechanics. We had armorers. Like All civilians downrange. What's the – it's insanity. I would keep I, – actually, I would – I don't even know if it's a – I don't even know if it's a real MOS. I would make drivers an MOS. Yes, 100%. We, I'm glad you went there. Because we like divvied out actual infantrymen to be a driver, which made no sense to me because – you're an infantryman. How could you be a good driver? Yeah, you're, um, you're taking away trigger pullers from a, so, from a unit. Like that's stupid. There there should never be an infantryman. Well, and they become lazy. Yes, they be like they do not get better at their jobs, and they stay in the freaking truck all day. Like no, no. Have your drivers have guys actually know the ins and outs of that truck. I almost that can. I almost lost my squeeze that into any space mm. you want. Do whatever the hell you want with that vehicle, and then let them run with it. Why? I almost you know? lost my fucking leg. Doc almost broke his freaking ribs and neck because we had an infantryman who was on very little sleep in the driver's seat of one of these strikers and hit a hole at like, what, 30 plus miles an hour? And we came to a dead stop and everything and everyone went flying through that freaking interior of the striker except me who had stretched his leg out in front of him and got it caught between the seats in front of him i was gonna say i hit i yeah fell into yeah yeah you the, the javelin yeah yeah everything landed against me except for doc who went flying through the cab still it's really funny i just saw him disappear and not saying they would be any any better at their job but i i i think that drivers should be their own mls agreed because you're talking about a guy that's staying living breathing that truck and he's working most closely you know with freaking the you know the combat arms dude yeah so yeah it makes sense to me that he should be you know he should be an army dude now like you said the mechanic who cares yeah no <laughs> absolutely get out of here right waste of time oh yeah, waste of time and effort so but and and we say that we're really we're really hammering down on this because when you when you cut down on these jobs you're freeing up time you're freeing up people. You're freeing up resources like you know money, bullets, supplies for guys that actually need it. So, in best case scenario, right? If you cut all this fat off, if you become more isolationist, so you're more focused on your homeland, mm -hmm. right, and defending your homeland, training that, which we can get into that the ins and outs of that. But when you're focusing on not as much output as in okay you can really cherry pick the people you're working with and you can really train up those people that you're working with so i would love uh you know every unit to be training some freaking high high tier guys like if you're going to be an infantryman if your job is going to be going out and fighting your nation's battles and freaking killing dudes, I'd 
would want you to be on level of freaking ranger that we currently know. And if you cut all that fat off, if you can actually, you know, tone down, you know, like really compress your, you know, your populace, I think you could get there. I really do. United States Army infantrymen should not be cutting the grass at the commissary. We should not be cutting the grass on our squadron's footprint, on your battalion's footprint, at all. Or mopping. Or mopping. Or cleaning. Or sweeping. Or I, any other menial task. I get it. You're saving money. You're being more secure with your area, your footprint. I get it. You're not having to hire out and vet civilian contractors to come in and do this stuff. I get it. That would be a point of, I guess, security issues, point of weakness. But dear freaking God, I am... I was so frustrated being at my unit with you, not for that reason. I was not frustrated mm-hmm. with that at all. Actually, pretty much the people there were the only thing that really made it tolerable. Um, I was so frustrated not getting to actually hone any skills whatsoever or to teach classes more often. I would love to have taught what we're teaching now to our guys. I would have loved to have spent more time on the range in shoot houses, doing mount, doing anything that had to do with our actual job versus standing around in a parking lot, picking up cigarette butts, finger popping our our assholes, doing nothing, absolutely nothing. And I bet you anybody, Fort Stewart, Fort Hood, Fort Drum, Fort Huachuca, they're all the same. You've got 150 plus dudes in a unit standing out in the parking lot not doing shit because and I tell you why there's bullshit taskings coming down from higher up that have nothing to do with our job or being told to look busy or being told or to w- look busy sitting around and waiting until 1630 oh we have to get this whole laundry list of things done before we can leave today right it's like no yeah we haven't done anything since lunch. Like, no. Exactly. For for what? First formation. Oh, yeah. We'll we'll have you guys out of here by, by you know, 1700, you know, five o'clock for you civilians. And here it is at 1600, four o'clock for you folks. We got an hour to quote unquote closing formation. And we get people coming out going like, why aren't these tests done? And we're standing here going, what tasks? We haven't been told of mm-hmm. anything. Or you have tasking changed three or four times where nothing gets done. Right. Or or there's no taskings, period. And they just decide, hey, yeah, um, you, 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 and you, uh, we're gonna go go through these connexes and see what's there in inventorium. Why? Why, why, why? Why? That's supply's job. What does supply do? 
I can tell you what Supply does, because they were in headquarters, and I checked in on them all the time. Guess what they do? They don't do anything. And I know this because I helped kick one of them out. Hell yeah. No, but... Hey guys, Seven from the Hard Time Strongman Podcast here to bring a quick word from our newest sponsor, Blackbeard Firestarters. We first saw Blackbeard Firestarter a few years ago, and after seeing what the product can do, it's been our kit ever since. Their Firestarter rope and their fire plugs are windproof, waterproof, dummy-proof, they have an insane burn time, and like anything else that they offer, it just works. Besides their fire stars, they offer an arc lighter, ferro rod, stormproof matches, basically anything that you need to get a fire started. To better equip you, we cherry picked their inventory and made our hard time strongman fire kit. Basically our essentials kit for anything that you can need to get a fire started. But besides that, they're offering 10% off anything in their store when you use the code STRONGMEN. We love the guys at Blackbeard Firestarter. We love what they're doing. We trust them and we trust their products. And we honestly can't recommend them enough. Make sure to check them out online at blackbeardfire.com or on Instagram at blackbeardfire. Huge shout out to the guys at Blackbeard Fire for working with us and for bringing the fire. As always, guys, stay in the fight. Hey, everybody. This is 6 and 7 with the Hard Time Strongman Podcast. We are coming to talk to you about our Patreon and Discord. Hey guys, our patrons get early access to all of our episodes. They get all of our exclusive pre and post shows, all of our spicy takes, all of our rabbit holes that we go on, everything that we want to include in the episode, but we can't because we need to stay on topic. And soon enough, we'll be offering digital downloads, guides, everything that we've been working on in the background will soon be available to our patrons. So make sure to check it out. And come hang out with us on Discord. Speaking of the spicy stuff, this is where we discuss most of it. Once you're there, you'll get access to all of our in-depth discussions, including stuff like homesteading, fieldcraft, medical, camping, communications, shooting. You like ARs? Come talk to us about it. You like 4x4 vehicles and prepping? Come talk to us about it. You like Tannerite, Thermite, Napalm? Come talk to us about it. All of the campfire talks that would get us kicked off of other platforms, it's right there in our Discord. Come join our community. We're active on Discord every day. We're interacting with members constantly. We have guys from every walks of life coming to contribute their expertise to all of these various fields and subjects that we've been talking about. Come join the watch Discord. Come join the Discord. Join our community. Build up that better class of man. Now back to the episode. We're supposed to fight and win wars. Okay. So if you actually focus on your unit you know, what, what, what did we talk about a couple weeks ago so if you could have uh you know your office where you have a locker for every single one of your dudes i love this idea yes where instead of keeping up an armory instead of you know having to do through throw freaking t50 in his room under his bunk okay have a locker room where everything can be dressed right dressed just like everybody else so you can see exactly what you know, you have what you don't and you can actually focus on your jobs, have team rooms where you have everybody's lockers up and Hey, we're doing this day, grab this, this, and this. 
and off you go. You know, why am I having to wait several hours to get my M4? Because I have two platoons ahead of me. And I'm showing up at two in the morning so I can leave at five. Like, that makes absolutely no sense to me. Oh, my God. The the whole like the whole hey yeah we're leaving at zero nine so get here at zero seven and it ends up being gets passed down from uh from hire to first sergeant first sergeant to somebody else so he takes off an hour so first sergeant to the platoon so takes off an platoon hour sergeants Cumulative takes off half an hour exactly and it ends up being this ridiculous thing where it's like we have a zero nine departure time so get here at freaking zero two zero three in the morning. So we can stand around for three freaking hours before we start even doing anything, before we even get accountability. Like, yeah, that is ridiculous. Well, and it's just it's gross mismanagement, right? So if you actually have these systems set in place, where you're actually focusing on, you know, making you know we actually have a focused job, and the guys that are actually doing that job can be focused on. Instead of having to be an afterthought or having to do three or four other people's jobs, it'd be amazing. I also think that the army would have to change for that. Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. So not just, you know, like cutting off all the fat, but why do we have all the fat? Why do we have bases and, you know, all over the freaking globe? For what purpose? Rapid deployment. You know, rapid deployment. Okay. Why the fuck are we deploying all the time? <laughs> Because we're in a bunch of stupid fucking wars that we shouldn't be in, period. Yeah. But, I mean, and you know, stick with me here. Imagine a world where we didn't have all those fucking bases. Yeah. Problem, though. You know, we had shit at home, and we handled our shit. Problem is, though, we have a world full of freaking crazies. Look at you, Hamas. Yeah. Look at you, Adolf Hitler. Look at you... Benito Mussolini, looking at you, Joseph Stalin. And that was just in the 40s. You know, minus Hamas, right. but still. Like, there's all these crazies. We have Kim Jong-un, like, I, I swear to God, this family is the most, like, backwards-ass freaking inbred family I've ever seen in my life. Like, these people don't need to have a nuclear bomb. Like, get the hell out of here. Like, we're still having to deal with that. I, don't, I think we're actually still technically at war in Korea. Hmm. There was a ceasefire, but there was never peace accords. Like that war was never ended. They're right. still at war, technically. Yeah. There's a reason why we have a, yeah. a freaking demilitarized zone. It's because they're still at freaking war. Mm -hmm. I mean, we lost yeah. the war in Afghanistan, but, I mean, unfortunately, but it's it's there's there's still these threats out there. Then that's why we have the rap the the bases all over the place for rapid deployment. You know, it's it sucks, but that's where we're at. It's terrible decisions yeah. from uh, previous administrations just, that have put us in these positions. I just can't believe that we're locked into a decision forever. You know, I mean, we're locked into a course of action forever. Well, that's another discussion entirely because that is the um, the military complex. That is big business. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but we're here to make it better. So we are. Um, I say, cut that shit. And I mean, I know my so yeah. gross oversimplification, right? But we're ranting. So if we were able to cut all this shit, right? If we we're able to bring everybody home, mm -hmm. okay, 
cut all the fat off. I would say to not acclimate, but to better suit that idea. And we talked about this on, on our resistance episode, but having the troops that are at home, I suppose be kind of a, my, my best case scenario, my, my dream team would be every infantryman being on the level of like Ranger bat and then cross training with, with green berets essentially. Yeah. So have ever be on the level of Ranger bat, but your job when you're not deploying is training and sustaining your local region. So you're multiplying your fighting power there because we live in a country where we're able to have firearms relatively freely, right? With that freedom, give them some responsibility. Like, Hey, you know, we can't be, you know, like it's our job to you know make sure that we're secure as a country, but you can't expect us to win all the time. <laughs> you know, we're not bad in a thousand out here. So, you know, if you're going to cut down on so many personnel because you're getting the cream of the crop, train up your local, pol- you know, train up your local populace. Dear God, you know I mean? if you're going to have specialized, I, I guess, divisions, make sure that they're actually specialized in that. I mean, yeah, 10th Mountain. Mountain warfare should be conducted by 10th Mountain. 101st Airborne. All airborne assaults should be conducted by 101st Airborne with a caveat of the fact that airborne is dead. Um, why do you say airborne's dead? Why do I say airborne is dead? Because there has not been an airborne assault since World War II, right? Um, did you not see the Iron Curtain fall to two guys on a freaking paraglider? Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> That's something different. They were not like parachuting. Like you could actually control that and rise up in the air. Airborne is dead. Airborne as we know it, as we are trained to do it, is dead. The only people who actually do that are special forces. When was the last time 101st Airborne actually parachuted into a country? But isn't that even like halo jumping at this point? I think it's technically hey-ho. Like, but is, but is, hasn't that what it's like naturally evolved into? Yeah, instead of just it's Halo and Hey Ho, typical airborne job. Like it's like I just I don't know. I I was just a dirty leg. Yeah, but it's still like just you know. looking at it, it's like look at the history of airborne assaults. When was the last time anybody parachuted into an active combat zone? Yeah, the last fifty years last 70 years nothing world war ii you go back to world war ii was the last time i get it there have been instances where teams have you know done airborne assaults into places but it's a very limited like very limited number of those guys and they're all special forces now you get air assault sorry you just gave me a thought yeah go for it You, you just gave me a thought though um you were talking about you know, like reducing the, the 
the census in the army. Mm-hmm. So you have to make it more specialized and everything. My uh, a continuation of that thought with training up that local populace, that would also cut down on train time. You know, if and when you, you had like a large scale conflict, if you need to have a draft. Oh, hey, if you're already training the local populace, I just thought of something the MPs can do. They can train hey. up the local military, the local police. What do you know? We found a use for you fuckers that just roll around and pull us over and write us tickets. Go do your fucking jobs. But no, air assault, that's still a thing. Um, Mountain forces, 10th Mountain, good shit. You tear up from there. Jungle warfare. Yeah, jungle warfare. Um, You tear up from that, you get Ranger Bat. Tear up from that, you get ODA, ODB, ODC. Tear up from that, you get ODD. Your Delta Force. Your Tier 1 Operators. Like, I get it. We should all aspire to be that. We should all train. Oh, God, we should just... If you're combat arms, you should be training your dudes to try to be Ranger Bat. Period. But that's also what I'm saying with with cutting down on... So, holy crap, man, if you can't deploy, get out of the army. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, the, inf- the infantry, the infantry, when we were in... Turn into people like where you chucked people when they filled out their their AIT. Mm-hmm. When they filled out their training, they got punned over to infantry because they already did half basic. Yeah, like no, yeah, no, like the infantry deserves the respect that it you know the if the infantry deserves respect, the respect that it deserves is some freaking badass, well trained dudes. Yeah, like you have the most important job in the army. Yeah, we like why are we using it as a as a as a fallback for people? It makes absolutely no sense to yeah, me. Yeah, we did not. If we we're going in there, my life's on the line. I don't want some freaking like washout from another MOS. Being Who the guy that says I'm, he doesn't want to be. Yeah, there. I, I don't want some like, washout. It makes no sense. To yeah, me. I don't want some washout being the guy that I have to rely on to get me home alive to my family. I don't want that. At all. Yeah, 100%. Who, I mean, who would? And think... Who would? I mean, if and if you cut down on on the population, if you cut down on, on the army just as a whole, right, then you have that freedom to be selective mm-hmm. with your dudes. It's like, nah, man, you don't make the cut. Oh, you don't want the... No. Like, and, you know, even just at, like, not even just counting basic, but just like at the unit level... Just like, no, man, this isn't for you. Like, no, it's not going to work. Like, we expect a stupid high standard and you're you're not going to cut it. Get the hell out of here. And that process was already in motion. Like, I can't tell you how many times, oh, God, right before I got out, how many times I filed paperwork to get to kick dudes out because they just weren't meeting standards. Yeah. And we already had low enough freaking standards. Like, get the hell out of here with some of these standards. Yeah. Like, it was ridiculous. I was – I joke about this, but how many dudes were actually mulling around the idea of, of declaring themselves female so that they could just lazily get through a PT test? It was a joke. You know, if you want e- – okay, I'm just going to – screw it. We're already here. If you want equal rights, you're going to get equal fights, which means if you're a female, if you want to beat combat arms, you need to be able to hold yourself to 
the male equivalent on the PT test, hands down. If this is a ring, so I'm going to say no. I'm just, I'm just going to say no females in combat arms. It's fun. It is too many variables. It is. It's too many variables. Not even talking about the biological differences, just mm-hmm. strength, endurance, aggressiveness, whatever that you need in combat arms. Okay. Talking about medical needs. Talking about medical, I don't know, freaking what ifs. Yeah. Okay. It's no, like the standard needs to be the same. The easiest way to make the standard the same is holy crap, have the same gender in the same job. That way, you know, what you're going to freaking get. And this, like, this isn't even us. I absolutely no. Th- this is not us being like sexist in any form or fashion. There are females out there who can do a male's job in the infantry and do it better than a lot of the males out there. There are freaks of nature out there like that. And I'm not calling women freaks. I'm saying there are women out there who train themselves to outperform them, their male counterparts in every facet. Like they could do, I swear to God, there was probably a 35, 37 year old female in the army who could take, what was it? Probably the 21 year old male PT test and get over a hundred percent on it. Get over a 300 guaranteed. She would max everything with but ease. That's the exception. There are exceptions. That's the exception. But for the, the norm or the average. Yes. If we're in combat and I'm wounded, like we already said, I'm about 300 pounds with gear and ammo. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? If you've got a female who weighs but maybe not- 200 pounds with all of her gear, is she going to carry that's not me even, and her stuff? That's not even the issue with combat arms. You just medics. Too. Oh my God! Yes, right? the medics carry so much. Like shit. that's the issue with female medics as well. But my issue with women in combat arms, outside of the the physical expectation and limitations, okay, is I you know a moral issue as well. Yeah. Oh yeah. If I see a woman go down, I'm probably going to get killed trying to protect her. Like it. It is. Mm-hmm. But also, in what does it say as a country? But what does it say about us as a country? Is oh yeah, we you know. We're sending our women to, to fight against you. What say about our values? I mean, if if I'm a Daesh fighter and I get bombed by a freaking female pilot, I'm going to feel pretty bad going to, you know, going to hell because I'm not going to heaven to get my versions. I'm going to hell. I'd feel pretty funny waking up in hell going, well, shit. But that's something different entirely. But you but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, no, you, know, I get you know what I'm saying. I though. get it. I, I get where you're going like, with that, but I just I feel like it has to do the degradation of our current society. Oh, dude, our, so that's, our, on the, that's another on the docket. That's another freaking story altogether. The degradation of our we are the Holy Roman Empire that's about to fall apart. Just looking at the progression of things, we are overdue for a collapse. <laughs> it's coming at this rate. We've we've been collapsing. Yeah. If. It's it's funny too. If you go back and you study all of the societies that have collapsed, what is the number one thing that they are focused on before they collapse? Social issues. No. They have an absolute obsession with gender. Social issues. Yeah. Yeah. But it's yeah. mainly gender focused. Like, holy crap. Yeah. Go look it up. Go read about all these freaking societies that have collapsed. It's all gender focused. It's wanting to yeah. do social freaking experiments. 
and they all fail. And I'm not saying they're like, well, you know what? Screw it. I am. There's a lot of mental illness out there and it's bringing itself to light. I get that you're confused, but at the same time, I'm not going to call you they, them, whatever your pronouns are. I don't care. That's great that you want to be called that. I don't give a shit. You're not going to force me to call you that. Just throwing that out there. Anyway, back to fixing the army. <laughs> I was going to say, you want to recap? Yeah. Huh. So to recap, number one, starting from the very beginning, verify that these freaking recruits can swim. I would say, so, so recruiting and basic training, be selective and selfish. The army should be selective and selfish when it's choosing its people. I get why they like, can't. This is not so, the army is not a social experiment. Agreed. We're not, we're not here to make people feel better. We're here to kill people. And if you can't help me do that, I don't want you. You can't join the army. Yeah. Like if you're fat, if you can't see, if you're disabled, if you're confused on a freaking mental level. Okay. <laughs> like if you're not the right gender or, you know, fit for the job on whatever testing I have for you. No, the army needs to be okay with saying no. <laughs> if you're confused on whether you're supposed to have an any or Audi, you probably shouldn't be in the army. Just saying. Be selective and selfish. We need to be hazing people again. Yes. Okay. Yes. Just on a cultural level in the R, we need to be hazing people again. I feel like that was, you know, that helped to weed out the weak. Um, we need to trim the fat. We need to trim the fat from an administrative trim the fat standpoint. Over everything. Oh my God. Over everything. And refocus on the mission. Yes. Killing people, finding the nation's war, defending. If you're not, if you're not doing something to further that goal or to, more to make a more perfect unit in the day to day, you're doing something wrong and you wasted that day. One last, one last little thing. So obviously admin still needs to happen, whether you outsource that to a civilian contractor or anybody, admin stuff needs to happen, but it cannot be the forefront of the mission. Oh like God. you said, instead of doing everything quarterly, you know, every freaking week. No, I would say one day, out of the month and every unit does everything admin that they need to do. You need to have a rotating schedule. So you're not, you know, busting up your civilians. Right. But take one day for a unit out of the month. If you have to do any admin stuff, get it done. Then rest of the time you should be training. You're not freaking wrong. Learn how to swim weapons, familiarization, everybody, every weapon, including foreign weapons. Learn how to train. Train the trainers. Okay. But learn how to train your general populace. So instead of having all these bases out, who knows where the hell we're doing and what we're doing, pull everyone back. Focus on the defense. And then if you have to go on the offense, freaking crush it. Yes. Six. So. Raise your hand like a freaking douchebag. I, I got a, I got a couple things. Number one, okay, the army needs to do away with up or out. Mm. You either go up in rank or you're gone. That's a policy in the army. That needs oh, to dude, we got the specs, man. Yes. Holy crap. Yes. 
all day. Yes, 100%. Specialize, specialize, specialize. Number two, get rid of these freaking NCOs who are more obsessed with their own fucking rank, their own fucking job than training someone. Then they should be trained. Goddamn, NCO should be training someone to take their job, period. They need to be training up someone to replace them, period. There is not enough of that going around. It's just a bunch of fucking dick-sucking, ball-washing, brown-nosing motherfuckers who have gotten themselves up into the higher ranks of, of the army, and they've fucking ruined this whole shit. Like, we, on a national, on a world scale, we are a joke, period. Hands down, we are not the respected fighting force that we were back in World War II, back in Korea, back in Vietnam. We are a goddamn joke now. It's because of this bullshit policies. Officers, the office corps is a joke. Get that shit. I'm tired of that crap. Okay, officers, damn near. So if we're talking about focusing on combat arms and people who are directly supporting combat arms, okay, so got 60%, 80% of those jobs. All right. The rest of those officers, they better be fucking green and gold all day. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I don't want some dude who got a freaking bachelor's in science to be my freaking platoon leader. Screw that crap. No. <laughs> Get the hell out of here. Like, I want a guy who actually did shit, actually knows how the fuck to talk and interact with his guys, who actually understands his Joes instead of thinking that he's better than them when he's not. It makes no fucking sense to me. I, I will. If I spent four years in the army and you just got in the army and you'll outrank me forever, that makes no fucking sense. I will take no sense at all because you don't know what the army is. I will take a green to gold. I will take a prior service. I will take an OC, an officer candidate. I will take any of these guys or these motherfuckers coming out of West Point any day of the week. Not to say that there haven't been some really good dudes that come out of West Point or any of these other military academies. But the vast majority of them, I'm more worried about them getting themselves killed or me killed than actually doing their job properly and leading me. I'm more worried about me killing them while I'm doing my job. Yeah, fragging is a thing, guys. Anyway. <laughs> no, I mean, so the entire, that and the entire officer culture needs to change that the officer versus enlisted shit needs to go because that it's not acceptable it didn't work it doesn't work it's a long archaic bullshit from lords versus oh yes no get the hell out of here get the hell out of here with that crap you as an officer so the the ideal should be like, okay, I'm enlisted. I go up. Oh, hey, I'm NCO now. Go up. Oh, I'm a fucking officer now. Holy shit. Yeah, let's go. Like, that should be the mentality. It should be, I did as much as I could in the NCO Corps. Now I'm an officer. Well, in that. Like, it, that's what, and, and you can still, so I'm, I'm just saying, so that branch off would have to happen about here. So it had to have about here where you could branch off and go. Because you still need high high level NCOs, you can't just have everybody freaking go out into the out into the office score. That doesn't work, it, right? In so my you mind, need to be able to branch off. But yeah, in my mind, I would say the minimum in that that kind of scenario would be specialist minimum to be considered a candidate for OC for green to gold. Period, hands down. 
You, minimum. Yeah. And you had to have at least I deployed five. once. At least once, man. I At the very least, five. I can respect that. At the very least, five. I can respect that, too. At the very least, five. Because you need to have leadership experience. And yeah, you get you get that as a as a specialist. But I mean, you need to have you know gone, you know, and actually like that needs to be your purview before you can be expected to do that full time. You know, what I mean. Oh, hey, you know what? Screw it. While we're on this subject, utilize corporals more. Make them actually a thing. Did cut them out. I mean, if you're no, give me, I'd, I'd rather take different levels of specialist than a freaking corporal. Okay. Get the hell out of here. Honestly. Yeah, that's fair because it's like, that's a junior NCO, but at the same time, you're right. There's, there's so many specialists out there who have done stuff and seen stuff. And it's just because they are like buddy, buddy with, you know, higher enlisted. Saying, they're not getting, a, I already know if a, I already know if a freaking sergeant hasn't done shit. I just look at his shoulder. Like I, I don't need to see two wings, you know, two wings instead of three. Like, okay, whatever, <laughs> you know, like it just do away with it. It makes no sense because like they don't, they don't know what table to sit. They, you know, they're too old to sit with the freaking specialists. And they're that's too fair. young to sit with the freaking fives. Like that's not fair to them. It, get, yeah, get out of here. And it's not like they get a pay bump or anything. It's just no. There's, they're still a specialist, but if we're going back to, but if we're going back to like specialists with, with level specialists, yeah, give them that pay bump. Like I would take, uh, and I think that's where you can mix in elements of like the Marine Corps because the Marine Corps, like, you know, their, their, uh, their MOS Mm -hmm. system. Mm -hmm. So if you're a machine gunner, you're a machine gunner to yeah, the fucking Marine Corps man or reclass, like that is your job. You're not doing anything else. Yep. Now, I totally respect that because that's how you get people who are masterful at their craft, right? But if I'm a specialist, I just got used to like doing the whole team thing. I'm like, yeah, I'm not really feeling like being a team leader or doing whatever else. If I just want to be the best freaking grenadier that my little heart can be, like, dude, let me stay there. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm naturally already going to learn other jobs and do everything because there's only so much you can learn in a different you know, in a given role. Mm. But if a dude's happy to stay there and he's going to be more trouble than he's worth in a leadership position, or he's going to help other people get in trouble, dude, let him hang out. He's already naturally going like just naturally, just as like psychologically as people are, he's going to help. Cause he's going to feel useless otherwise. All right. So you're talking about a guy who's, you know, he's been a freaking great ear for three years. Best grenadier, yeah, he's gonna train up all the other grenadiers as they come in. And that goes back to my other point. I'm happy with that. That's fine. That goes back to whatever. That goes back to my other point. It's like train people, like actually train people, train people to replace you. Period. There is there should not be a time where we're doing anything in a combat arms role that we shouldn't be doing anything that's not directly related to our job to help us be better at what we're doing. Just this whole Mm -hmm. administrative bullshit, checking the box crap that has been happening lately. We're not lethal anymore. Honestly, I hate to say it, but we are not the premier fighting force in the world. We're just not. But the thing is, it can be easily changed. It can. 
it, because it's become so politicized. If you cut that out and granted it's so ingrained now, it'd be very, yeah, I say it's easy. It'd be very difficult. The idea is simple. You would have to wipe. The idea is simple. You would have to go through and starting from the top down, wipe everybody and start over. You would have to. Yeah. I hate to say it, but you would have to because there's so much toxic leadership and we experienced a lot of that while we were in. And that's on a small scale. Like if you read task and purpose at all, there's so much crap about freaking generals getting kicked out because of how toxic they are to the people under them. Mm-hmm. That shit needs to happen more often. I'm not saying there needs to be toxic leadership. I'm saying that like these people need to be kicked out. The military yeah. in general needs to recognize who their good soldiers are, who their good leaders are, and who aren't. But also when you're trimming off the fat, right? You're cutting out all these, you know, all these different jobs, all these different units, you know, whatever. Okay. That's naturally going to bring all that in. Yes. So you're already going to be cutting out people who don't make sense being there. And then you're going to have an over census for not enough jobs. Then you can be selective. Mm-hmm. Then you go, oh, all right, I have, you know, one command that I need one general. I have four generals that no longer have a position. All right. Well, let me look through your freaking file. Like, let's look through your file. Let's get some, you know, firsthand accounts, some peer reviews. Let's see what, what people think. Let's see who actually deserves to be here. They also need to look at, especially with these guys in these jobs, like, do you still need a beer? Like you've been in this, the military for 40 years. What are you really doing right now, man? When was the last time you actually had firsthand experience with combat? Or are you just reading this stuff out of a book or out of reports? Like when was the last time you actually like led someone in battle? If- or are you just leaning on everybody below you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you just handing out like tasks, menial tasks? Like, this is what I want done, uh, get it done. But here's everything that has to be done in the meantime. Like, all these freaking, like, risk assessments and all this other garbage. It's just like, can we stop with the paperwork already? Trim the fat at, at every level. Just, And that's why I'm also mm-hmm. saying with all the, I, I keep coming out to the contractor thing. Yeah. Because civilians don't want to be there. <laughs> They don't want to be working. So if you set civilians over the range instead of a freaking, you know, NCO or whatever, civilians going to have that range ready to go before you get there. Oh, yeah. They're going to roll in. All right. Hey, you guys are blah, 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 blah. They're going to give you a quick five minute brief. Rah, there you go. Get, them to, right, get the hell out of here. <laughs> get off my range. Like, I'm trying to go home. <laughs> Switch from safe to semi and watch your lane. Instead of going through freaking an hour of just like, oh, crap, did I put my flag up yet? Like, Mm. is the range hot? I don't know. I need to go radio somebody on the other side of post. Like, no, man. Hey, you guys that aren't shooting, go out to the gate and pull security. Why? Also, a general might be coming die, so here's some anxiety. (laughs) Right. Like, dude, the range... Is just that it is a range, even in civilian world, 
I don't want to be stressed out at the range. At no point should higher leadership be coming to hang out and watch. Period. Stop doing that crap. All you're going to get is a dog and pony show and someone who's trying to get freaking oak leaves on their goddamn freaking lapels is just going to be putting his Joes through a bunch of bullshit. Fuck that shit. But let's wrap this up before we get too far off topic. Number one, we just need an overhaul from top to bottom, period. Starting from the beginning, learn how to goddamn swim, period. Streamline the process. You're sending guys to basic with packets of all the information that you're going to ask for when you get there. Take the packet and use it. Contract stuff out to civilians. Can't say this enough. Contract, contract, contract. Trim the fat and let the Army and the Marine Corps and the Navy and the Coast Guard and Space Force and the Air Force be lethal again, guys. Like, come on. Remember what your job is. Yes. Remember what your job is. Like, if you are not, like, if your job, if your tasks for the day are not directly linked towards that goal, you need to reassess. Okay. Officer Corps versus Enlisted Corps in general. That relationship needs to change. That mentality needs to change. Top to bomb needs to be wiped. Those requirements need to change. There should not. Yeah. Like that, that deviation should not be there. You have a very, like enlisted corps has a very important job. So is the officer corps, but that relationship needs to, needs to shift. Bring back field commissions. Come on. Oh, hell yeah. Field commissions and field promotions. Bring them back. All day. We don't need to be sitting at paper boards anymore. Screw that noise. More paperwork. Yeah. Less getting ready to kill people. And I would say just a general shift mm-hmm. in focus. Yep. Instead of and priorities, geopolitical, whatever bullshit. Mm-hmm. Okay. Focus on defending home. If you're not defending home and you're not attacking something, you shouldn't be doing anything. So these should be your two primary freaking jobs. The, the two things you're worried about. So if we're not doing those two things, get the hell out of here. Cut it. Got anything else, man? I got nothing. Uh, join us on Discord. We're having a lot of fun talking to people. You know, we might be doing a Q&A session here soon, pulling questions from our Discord. So get on over there, take a look, participate, ask questions, get to know some people. We got some really, really good dudes over there. Bring me hazing again. As always, guys, we are the Hard Time Strongman Podcast, cheering up a bear class of man. Stay in the fight. Stay in the fight. Hey guys, this is six and seven with the hard time strongman podcast. Wanted to take a second to do a mental health check-in and to tell you all about the nine, eight, eight crisis lifeline. So, the 98 Lifeline is a national network of local crisis centers that provides free and confidential emotional support to people in suicidal crisis or emotional distress 24 hours a day, seven days a week in the United States. You can reach the Lifeline at 98lifeline.org 
or you can call or text 988 to get help to get someone real on the phone. Every struggle is different. Every struggle is hard. But you are not alone in whatever you're going through. As someone who has used the 988 crisis line, I fully recommend that if you're feeling any of those feelings of depression, suicide, hopelessness, get in touch with them immediately. They will help you. They will listen to you. Once again, guys, you can reach the lifeline at 988lifeline.org or you can call or text them at 988. As always, guys, stay in the fight. Stay in the fight.